재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back. In this week's Planet Korea, we plunge into the exciting world of e-sports. It's no exaggeration to say that Seoul is a world capital of professional e-gaming. The transition from the term video games to e-sports reflects the level of complexity the games have reached. So much is going on in so many separate areas that a whole new profession has emerged, the e-sports commentator. Someone who puts on a headset and announces or explains the game just like a soccer or a basketball commentator would do. Wolf Schroeder is one esports commentator who was brought here to Korea from the USA to lend his voice to esports. He was kind enough to let me tag along at one of his recent events, and he introduced me to one of his colleagues as well. Have a listen. Wolf, thank you so much for letting us come back here. Uh, you're in front of the makeup stand. being made beautiful by uh, the team, the makeup and hair team getting ready to go on. I didn't know that this was a visual spectacle. I thought that you were purely a voice, but you're going to be on camera as well. That's right. Uh, we do come on camera between the games and before to you know, announce the show and, uh, of course, you know, describe who we are and what we're doing to everyone every day, every morning. So we get makeup on, we go on camera, uh, and we're on stage as well. Um, so occasionally we do appear on uh, the Korean television, um, you know, in camera shots. We're on there, so we got to look good for that as well. Um, but our actual broadcast is is online, and the the focus is definitely the audio. We're commentating over the game. I have absolutely no idea what to expect. I've never been to one of these things. This just walking through on the way, it's uh, an entire wall is a video panel. Do you get a live audience to come in for this? Yeah, we have a live audience that comes in. They're not allowed in uh, usually super early. They kind of fill in right before the show starts um, and the amount of people that show up really depends on the day we have really good matches day so I'm hoping we have a big crowd but it really just depends it's different every time but there can be massive live audiences sometimes people can't sit <laughs> what's happening today what do you just uh, in terms of a timetable you're going to go out greet the crowd greet the viewing audience and what's going to happen next So we're going to start the show. Uh, we're going to have some camera shots. Then we're going to uh, you know, introduce ourselves. And then uh, the broadcast is going to start. So um, what will happen first is we'll announce the day's matchups. Um, and there's going to be four best of threes today. And after we kind of do the overview of the tournament, the prize pool, and things like that, what's going to happen next is the game is going to start. Uh, the very first game, and once the game starts, the players are going to be, you know, going through the motions of beginning the game, and we're going to be describing their player histories, um, where they're from, what their standings are in the tournament, and uh, start describing their strategies as the game evolves. And then eventually, uh, one player will win that first game, and we'll have player shots. Um, and then after the best of three is done, we'll have commercials, and then the whole process kind of just repeats like that. What's your name? My name is Brendan Valdez. I go by the ID Valdez, simply my last name. And uh, do you guys have a bit of a shtick? Do you play off of each other, or are you? Do you have completely compartmentalized jobs on this? Uh, well, we do take sort of like different roles normally, like on a like a normal casting desk. It would be like a play by play, and then like a color, you know, uh, like an analyst type, especially for the games. But uh, between me and him, we kind of fill the same role. We kind of just both do both because we've been working together for so long, and uh, we've kind of. done this game for so long as well that we we know the ins and outs of it so we kind of just do both you really are kind of using sports this is called e-sports right you're, so you're using sports as your template you're emulating the best sports announcers out there 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're, we don't have too much to go off of in terms of esports commentary yet because we're essentially still the first generation. So we got to look more towards the the guys that have been doing this for you know forty, even fifty years in all sorts of different sports. I, I know for me, I used to watch a lot of hockey, so I look at a lot of you know. Uh, hockey commentators from New York that I used to watch growing up and I say, oh, how can I be better as a commentator? Well, let me just look at those guys that have been doing this for a very long time to improve my skills. Hey, I'm talking about... Okay. You look fantastic. Finished? I'm finished. I'm ready. <laughs> so uh, do you guys want to do like a tour? Yeah, if we could just do sort of a pre-match quick walkthrough, and then I know you've got to get busy with your stuff. Let's uh, maybe head out to the arena. Okay. Sounds good. What's your name? Ricky. Where are you from? Sweden. Sweden. Are you, you're visiting Korea, right? Just on kind of a tour. What made you come to this esports event? Well, once you go to South Korea, you kind of want to go and see the pro game scene in real life. So felt like the right thing to do. All the way in Sweden, you heard about the South Korean e-game scene? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been playing StarCraft 2 for quite a while and uh, looking at pro game scene. And uh, most of the people are from South Korea and the pro gamers are from South Korea. So why not see it live? Are you anywhere near the level of these guys up here on the stage? Not even close. <laughs> My name is Che Hyun Song. I come to the stadium because it's exciting to see the players up close. It makes it easier to imitate the gameplay at home. So guys, like I said, I mean, I, I'd never been in, the, in an arena like this before. It's just for other people like me who have never seen something like this to capture the kind of energy in here. It's about the size of a, you know, a black box theater, an off-Broadway theater, only much more metallic, a lot of gleaming metal, and these video screens, these massive video panels, I guess... They're featuring the um, the top video gamers, right? That's right. So the guys that you see up on the uh, sides of the screens are the players that will be playing today. And what you see below them is actually an emblem, uh, which is actually made by the broadcast company here, Spo TV Games, that kind of describes their personality in one small logo. Uh, and then, of course, the middle screen, which is the big one, is where the game will be shown uh, and all sorts of other information about the game. And uh, each uh, one of these booths that you see on the left and right sides are where the players are going to sit and prepare. And then when they actually play their games, they'll be on camera uh, in, you know, before and after the matches and sometimes in the middle of the game to capture their emotions. Uh, the reason why they're in the booths is because they, they wear soundproof headsets in there as well to make sure that they can't hear the crowd or the commentary so that what's going on in the game isn't influenced by the commentary. So... Uh, they're in there, and if they're hiding a strategy, for example, we're all talking about it really loudly, but they can't hear, so nothing could be revealed to their opponents, for example. Ah, it's like those old quiz shows, so they can't get any sort of meta information from what you guys or the Koreans are saying. There's five guys on one side, five guys on the other side. Are they against each other? Yeah, so today there's going to be, there's scheduled to be five best of threes. One player, unfortunately, had to drop out today, so only four will be broadcasted, but today's scheduled matches were five different best of threes, so they're all 1v1s. So we're going to have five 1v1s. Uh, you know, that's what's scheduled. It's going to actually be four um, as a result of that disqualification. But um, that's that's the lineup. So the left side is, the, I guess, the players that they've got scheduled to play on that side. And then the others are on there. It's a round-robin system. So everyone in this tournament will play against each other once. 
these guys, these larger-than-life pictures of the gamers, I imagine each of them has kind of their own fandom out there as well, right? Yeah, some of these guys uh, have been playing for over 10 years, uh, and some of them are fairly new. Um, some of these guys used to play StarCraft 1, and that's where they started their career. I'd say the majority of them uh, have played Brutor, but they weren't top players at the time. They were decent, some of them. But now in StarCraft 2, pretty much everyone up there has won a title, and everyone has uh, you know, experienced being the champion, being the best in the world at, at some time, because this game has such a long history in Korea, uh, both Brutor and then going into StarCraft 2. So all these guys have backstories. They, they're not just uh, gamers that showed up to play and went through a qualifier. They've played for years. They've played on teams. Uh, they've had big sponsors. So uh, there's a lot to take in if you're a new uh, fan coming in at this stage. It's hard to follow every story, but that's kind of why we are here as commentators to kind of tell that story. Brendan, for somebody who does not know what they're seeing, a little bit new to the, the esports genre, um, typically it looks like a very dynamic chessboard with things exploding, right? Mm. Is that what people are going to see tonight and what you're going to be sort of decoding and adding? value to? Uh, yes, definitely. Especially with the game we're doing right now is StarCraft 2. So it's kind of these two different races going head-to-head in battle. So lots of explosions. They use their army units to attack each other and eventually just wipe out all their buildings and stuff. So if you don't really know what's going on, it can definitely be complicated. But for a game like StarCraft 2, I feel like it's a little bit more uh, easy to understand than other games because it's, it's kind of like, okay, you start with one building and you build up more buildings and you're fighting one other opponent with your units that look different usually from their units. So in a basic sense, you can kind of get it and we're going to kind of break down the more complex issues uh, during the cast. It's quite significant that this is happening here in Seoul, Korea, right? I mean, this arena and this event is not happening out in say Los Angeles or someplace like that. This is kind of ground zero for esports, right? People have described Seoul as the mecca of esports because I feel like uh, traditional esports started here. We have casting desk, a big stage, it's televised, um, big team houses, big sponsors, it all began here. And Korean players are the best. They're by far the best in almost every game worldwide. They dominate the competition when they travel overseas. So to have everyone here playing here is the most elite competition you could have. And the reason why it's so easy for this to happen here is because Seoul is a city that's so connected by public transportation. You can take a bus, the train. If you're a fan that lives uh, across the city in Incheon, you could still come down here and watch these matches. All you have to do is get on the train. And it's the same for the pro gamers as well. You can kind of live anywhere in the city and just come to this centralized location to play the game. If you have a tournament like this in Los Angeles, for example, everyone would have to live in L.A. If you lived in Chicago or New York, you'd have to get on a plane to go to the studio, but Seoul is kind of centralized in that way, so it's really easy for players to get a team house, practice together, and just get on a train or get in a car, drive to the studio, and play their matches. People are starting to gradually file into the seats, and I can see the Korean team of commentators has sat down. You guys are at the very next desk, about a meter away do you guys talk over each other, or how does that work? Do you ignore each other? Uh, yeah, we kind of just do our own things, right, because we're doing it in two separate languages. Obviously, the Korean commentators will do it in Korean, and we will do it in English. And generally, because this is Korea, uh, the majority of the viewers that come to the studio are Korean. I'd say probably around 80%, maybe 85%, because obviously foreigners do also come over to Korea just to watch this as well, kind of like esports tourists, if you will. So for us, though, we do it in English, and our commentary goes out live to the Internet. So it's called the global broadcast, and that means that anyone around the world that has access to the Internet can listen to us live in English.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Valdez. With me is Wolf, and this is the SSL Premier League. We we kind of just ignore each other, and uh, you know, for us, we actually wear a physical headset on our heads that blocks out the Korean commentator sound. Otherwise, uh, because both my uh, co-host Brendan and I actually speak really good Korean. Um, it would actually distract us <laughs> if we could hear the commentary the entire time. So we actually wear a headset that covers our ears so we can only hear each other. So even though we're on this stage with the fans right in front of us and the Korean comedy is right on the next desk and yelling and shouting, we're kind of in our own zone. We're kind of zoned off by the, the audio blocking of our headset. So everybody's really compartmentalized. You're looking at your own individual screens. You're not looking at the big one. The gamers are in glass booths. The gamers can hear each other, correct, but not any of the other stuff. Well, generally, the the gamers will also wear these big soundproof headsets so that they can't hear anything but the game sounds. Mm-hmm. And as Wolf was talking about before, it's really just to block out all the commentary so they don't get an unfair advantage, you know, knowing some of the secrets about their opponent. And uh, obviously, when you're when you're going really focused in the game, you don't want to be, you know, talking to your, your friends next door about the game. It's kind of just like uh, you're in your own zone and you're just focused 100% on the game going down, and Biel is in some serious trouble. Yeah, he doesn't really have all that much left over. The storms are going to be way, way too much. Another big warp in. How many times a month do you find yourself at an exciting event like this? Well, honestly, it really varies from month to month. Uh, Right now, I'm doing this about twice a week. Um, but at times this year, I'll probably be broadcasting five times a week for different tournaments around the city. Um, this is just one that happens once a week for Premier and then once a week again for Challenger. And there will be later on uh, a third day of the week that's broadcasting. Uh, they call it Star League Classic, which will be for Brood War. But yeah, for right now, it's about twice a week. So you could say eight times a month for this tournament. But for everything else I'm doing, I mean, it could be almost every day I'm broadcasting. Did you ever think to yourself, uh, I'd, maybe I'd like to be in that booth gaming. Maybe I could do that. Yeah, actually, that's uh, that's how I personally uh, got interested in competitive gaming was I, I was playing League of Legends back when it had first come out and I had made it to the, the very high levels and I was saying, you know, maybe I could play against the, the other professional players that had, you know, kind of gone in the season before me. And uh, through that, I, I tried it out. I found out it wasn't really for me, but it really sparked my interest for esports. And that's where I came out to Korea and got the opportunity to eventually do commentary I'm sure at times you must have just listened to the Korean track, the Korean commentation track, right? Do they have a different style, these Korean commentators, than, say, two American guys would have? Well, usually the Korean commentator teams have three members, and there's a main host and then two guys that are a little bit more analytical, and one of the two guys is usually an ex-pro gamer who has really technical knowledge, Um, and they get really deep into the technical parts of the game, I would say perhaps more than the English side of things. We are more like uh, storyline-focused, but I, I would say that... Overall, the commentary style is similar, uh, and there's a lot of uh, Western fans that always uh, like to joke that the Korean commentary is always way more serious than the Western commentators. But also, uh, you know that that kind of 
joke is is kind of funny and ironic because most Western fans can't actually understand Korean, but the Korean commenters are also known for being insanely exciting because they yell and shout. Somebody's just repeating one word over and over and over again, which the Western fans, if we did that in English, just shouting Marine, 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 for example, would actually probably drive our fans crazy. <laughs> but there's always, this, there's always this misconception, I feel, that the, the uh, Korean commentators are just more excited than we are, but I think it's just a different style, and I think it's obviously it's a different language, and there's a different culture in that. And it's three uh, members of a commentary team versus just two. Is there like a Korean equivalent or an esports equivalent for the guy that goes goal? Yeah, in in StarCraft 2, uh, especially, uh, you say GG at the end because in order for one player to concede the victory, they have to type GG in chat. It's actually a part of the rules. And if you type it in Hangul, you're actually disqualified. So you have to type it in English. Um, and when that moment comes down, usually the Korean commentators will yell GG in unison. Um, and us, of course, as the Western commentators will as well, especially if it's a really exciting game. So that kind of goal is usually just the GG moment. Trying to do the fancy micro tricks there. It's not enough. GG. Bill takes the 2 1. What determines a victory or failure? Is it when everybody's dead? Uh,. Technically, yes. Uh, that's generally when the game will decide it's over, and it will give the victory screen to the the player that has you know destroyed all the buildings and all the units of the of the other guy. But uh, usually, especially at the, the highest level, it'll just be when the losing player realizes that he has no chance to come back, and he's like, "Okay, I know this game is over. I'm going to say GG or a good game and decide that that I've lost." And can it ever turn into like a, a war of attrition? Do these things go on and on and on sometimes, or are they on a timer? Uh, no timer, so it can go as long as possible. Obviously, there there's stuff within the game to try to stop that, you know, not make it so that the game goes on for something ridiculous like 12 hours. But I, I remember one game that me and Wolf cast here, actually, in 2015, I believe it was, uh, went for about two and a half hours. And that was actually the longest game that we had ever had here in this in this arena, and it was it was pretty insane. I mean, everybody was going crazy because it was such an epic moment that this game was lasting so long. These two players were, uh, you know, trying so hard to play this game for two and a half hours straight with no breaks, and it was a it was a really fantastic moment. Is there ever a need for like a referee? Like, I mean, so you don't just hide behind that rock for an hour, you know? So actually in that game that uh, Brendan just described, at the very end of the, the game, um, it became, there was no more resource on the map and it was impossible for one player to kill the other uh, because of how the races function in StarCraft 2. Uh, Terran, which is the human race, can fly buildings. So there are buildings flown to the corner of the map, but the Zerg had no way to kill those buildings. So the referee came into the booth and uh, asked the players to pause the game and asked both players if they were okay with accepting a stalemate uh, and to have a regame starting from ground zero. And one player accepted immediately. The other was like, no, I'm, I actually think it's possible theoretically to win the game. So after three times, I believe it was, of asking that said player if he would agree to a stalemate, they eventually forced him to accept the stalemate. Uh, they made a referee decision on that because it seemed like the game was going to be impossible to end, uh, assuming both players played perfectly. So they did eventually, um, with the referee, force that decision. The next game took almost an hour as well, the regame. So it was like one of the longest series of, of StarCraft history. But uh, yeah, there are referees, and they do make uh, tough calls like that sometimes. How do you feel after you've... Uh done an event like this is it are you drained are you ready to go home and uh, plop into bed or are you adrenalized 
I feel like it's a little bit of both, especially right when the broadcast ends. You're still feeling the you know the hype from the audience from from doing the game you know saying the final gg and you know yelling your heart out stuff like that especially as a play-by-play caster but then eventually it all kind of sets in especially after working for about three four hours straight sometimes even five hours if it's a long day and definitely you're you're very drained you want to head back and uh just take a rest for a while do you get uh, close to these gamers at all for me, uh, I've always found that I like to stay really uh, distant from the pro gamers because I find that if I get close to the player, it can make my commentary a little bit biased. And even though I'm a professional and I could take that bias away in my commentary, I never really feel like risking it, uh, especially when I first started commentating. Um, you know, I was kind of a fan of the players myself. I really wanted to meet them and talk to them and ask them a bunch of questions. But the more uh, you know, I thought about, it, the more I realized it was probably wise to, to stay apart. I'd say we're really friendly with the players. We talk to them in the studio sometimes. We ask them how they feel about their games. But these aren't guys I go grab a beer with, uh, if that makes sense. Mm. How about the two of you? When you're announcing, are you basically just kind of announcing on separate tracks from each other, or is there an interpersonal dynamic there? Are you joking with each other? Are you poking fun at each other? That kind of thing? Yeah, I, I feel like definitely within any broadcast, there definitely has to be a, a great chemistry between the two uh, broadcasters. you got to go back and forth, especially in esports broadcasting. It's a little bit more laid back than professional, you know, like traditional the sports, if you will, something like baseball, something like hockey. For us, it's, you know, some of the most popular broadcasters in esports are the guys that uh, even take a step back from the game and kind of just joke for the majority of it, especially if it's not, you know, a super uh, important game stuff like that but uh, definitely very important to have good chemistry and kind of you know banter back and forth while also highlighting the very important parts of the game can you eat through the thing can you uh, get well, a sugar fix we get like a we get a little bit of a commercial break actually you know between these best of three so in between we'll you know drink some uh, energy drink or water or you know snacks or something like that may the best man win and thanks very much for taking your time with us for sure thank you for the interview it was great yeah it was really cool to do this thanks a lot